the air and let them start hitting it. But better than that, I'm a fan of America's Funniest Home Videos. Who's the dad that thought, this is a good idea, I'll just hold it while the kids all swing at it? Yeah, that always ends well. How about this party game? Pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> yeah, don't clap. We're, no. That's, that's another one of those. We're going to blindfold a kid, we're going to spin him around, and we're giving him a thumbtack. Brian Regan is one of my favorite comedians. He talks about that being a kid. <laughs> He's like, you said that would be a happy place. I got, I got a pin in my neck. You know, I was like, no, there's nothing fun about that. How about this one? Some, some of you older folks, I guess before swimming pools uh, and before Marco Polo, they just played blind man's bluff. Say, yeah, we couldn't afford a pool, so you can't call it Marco Polo on dry land. So same thing, we're going to blindfold somebody, spin them around, we're all going to run around in a circle screaming and hollering, and then they're going to say something, and we're going to echo what they say, and they're going to try to find us. Why do we think that's fun, to be blind? Why, Why do we think it's fun to live in darkness? We, because <laughs> we started out this morning singing the, the, first, the very first song with the lights down. And it's like, no, the sun is out. And Jesus is the light of the world. And yet we still like to play games with him. We still like to play games with God. I want to read to you from John chapter 9. And just, just so you're wondering, yes, I'm going to read the whole thing. It only takes four and a half minutes. I might interject a few things along the way, but we're going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And it goes like this. As he, Jesus, passed by, he saw a blind man. He saw a man blind from birth. Sorry. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, It was not this man... It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed on him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. He put the spit mud on the man's eyes. Okay, now I have to pause right here. I was in youth ministry for many, many years. And there are not a lot of things that bother me. I've done some gross things in youth ministry. It's Back in the 80s, it was just kind of, or the 90s, and it was what we did. Sorry, I went a little too far. In in the thousands... uh, it was what we did. We just did gross stuff with kids. And, and then we talked about Jesus and tried to connect it all. But my family will tell you the one thing that just completely grosses me out is your spit. I got kicked out of school because someone spit on me and I beat them up. <laughs> Don't spit on me. I can't turn that cheek. I'm sorry. Don't sneeze on me. Do not sneeze on me. If you sneeze on me, even accidentally, it just is gross. It's nasty. I might actually have been the guy that would have been like, when you hear someone spitting on the ground, 
and then they start to touch your eyes, I might have been like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm staying in my darkness. <laughs> a little insight into my brain. That just grosses me out. But this man apparently had much more faith than I did. Jesus did this. Where are we at? What verse are we on? Oh, at verse 7. Thank you. <laughs> and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Someone said, it is he. But others, and why do we choose to not believe when amazing things happen? Others said, no, but it's like him. It's the other blind guy that looks like him. No. They said, no. He looks like him. He kept saying, but I'm the man. He's saying, no, this is me. And they're like, no, it's not you. There's another guy. You were never blind. Why do we refuse to see goodness? Uh, So we'll keep going. Sorry. Uh, So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said, go to me, or said to me, go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. Notice what he didn't say there. He didn't say, the man named Jesus just slapped some mud and dirt on my face. He used that word. He anointed. That's, that's a big preachy word back then. And he said, the man named Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes. There's a couple of things. As the Pharisees hear this, that's going to freak them out because mud is dirt and they don't like dirt. They're all about ceremonially being clean and, and you have to wash your hands and then you have to wash them another way and then you have, to do, you have to do all these things to be clean and here's this man that's telling them, this man Jesus took mud and anointed my eyes and they're thinking in their minds, no, 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 that doesn't work for me. Now we can anoint you with oil. We can anoint your head ahead with oil. We can anoint you with other things, but, but mud is never used to anoint something. And again, and so, so he answered, and the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. I think it's great that the name of that pool means sent. And so, so he, he was sent there and then he came back to Jesus and Jesus is going to send him back again. Anyway, he answered, there we go. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. <laughs> they brought to the Pharisees this man who has formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. See, he, at first he used their words, but they, weren't, they, they didn't want to hear it. No, 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 no. No, how, how'd he do it? You know, okay. He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. They weren't happy with that. Verse 16 says, as soon as I find it, I'll tell you what it says. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. And they're talking about Jesus here. And others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things, such signs? And there was division among them. So, kind of like just a second ago. No, no, that's not the blind man. It's someone that looks like him. 
And then we have the same division where, where one group is saying, well, this, this man doesn't honor the Sabbath. He, he's sinning. He, he can't be from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. And, and then the other ones are saying, but how can a man like this, how can a sinner do such things? And so they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And the blind man, he said, he is a prophet. Oh, they didn't like that. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called his parents of the man, they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son? Who was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. Now, that's funny to me, but the sad part is this this part in parentheses. His parents said those things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. And the only testifying that this family would do for their son was, yep, that's our son. Yes, he was born blind. The rest of the story is up to him. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. Now, back then, that was like saying, honest, truthful. Okay, remember that? Honest, truthful means you're going to tell the truth. Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. They're talking about Jesus. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Though I was blind, now I see. And they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? So he's told his neighbors once. He's told the Pharisees twice. He's about to tell them a third time. And I love this. He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? And then he really, what he says next, oh man. (laughs) Wait, do you want to become his disciples? They've already told him that they think Jesus is a sinner. They've already kind of made up their mind and he comes back at them with, you want to hear it again? Or do you want to become his disciples? You want to be like him? You want to... And they replied to him saying, you are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but for as this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, why? This is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from. And yet he opened my eyes. The Pharisees are trying to say he's a sinner. And and this blind man, this guy who was never allowed in the synagogue, is saying to the people who live there, basically, hey, this is an amazing thing. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. And they said, we know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began... (laughs) I love this part. This is the blind man talking. Never since the world began... Has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind? If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him because they had nothing better to say. They kind of said, 
Yeah, well, so? (laughs) They say you were born in utter sin and you would teach us? And they cast him out. You remember the beginning, the disciples said, who was, who was sinning, him or his parents, that he would be born blind? We're going to talk about that, because here we are at the end, and they call him out on it. You were born in utter sin. You were born blind, and you would teach us? Get out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, so Jesus went back to him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Now I have to to share something with you before I actually get into my message. Last week I told you Jesus didn't come into the world to judge the world. You remember that? I told you that. John told you that in in chapter 8. But I just read to you that Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world. Is John contradicting himself? No. Am I lying to you? No. Jesus, what he's talking about here is those who choose to follow him. God is still going to be the final judge. When he says, I came for judgment, he's not talking about himself. He didn't come down to judge these people. He came down to give them the truth. And that's what he's doing right now. And this is why he's telling the Pharisees, hey, if you were blind you'd be better off. But you say that you have vision. You say that you know God. And because of that, your guilt remains because you refuse to see the truth that I'm bringing. And judgment is going to come from that. Okay? So Jesus still is not here to drop the hammer and call out people and quote-unquote judge eternally. But He is here to start telling people what's right and what's wrong. And judgment will still come from God the Father. So you need to be careful as you see that. So I want to recap this real quick. John chapter 9 starts out with verse 2. They say, who sinned? And why would they ask that question? Why would they ask Jesus, hey, here's a man that's blind. Why would they equate that to sin? Partly uh, because of superstitious beliefs in that time. You see, there were, there were still connections to the slavery and the freedom of slavery that Matt talked about in his communion meditation. There were still uh, conversations about things like reincarnation. There were conversations about heredit- things that were heredity- hereditary. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 5. They, they still, there were superstitions about the sin of Adam and Eve. There were a lot of different conversations about things that, that they were trying to figure out. There was also the belief that a child in the womb could sin because of Jacob and Esau. Okay? And, and so, so there's all these little superstitions. And, and here's the thought. The condition of the blind man, and this is my thought, and you know where my mind goes. The condition of this blind man parallels our condition, spiritual condition, before Christ comes into our lives. You see, this blind man was outside the temple. He's shut out from God. That's why the Pharisees are like, who, 
Who are you to teach us? You've never been in here before. Because in their opinion, you had only, if you were in there, could you really know who God is? If only if you went through the, the Jewish school, the Sabbath school, as I like to call it. It's not really what they called it, but they raised these young men up to be Pharisees, to be rabbis, to be teachers. And they're saying to this guy, you've never come into this place. He's shut out from God, except for what his parents would tell him. He's blind. He's unable to see the Savior. And, and when we're involved in sin, we are blind to our Savior. He was blind from birth. Again, sin blinds us. We may not even realize the depth of our spiritual situation until we've been introduced to the light of the world. This blind man was beyond human help. Human help wasn't going to help this man. And i got to tell you something else. You and I are beyond human help when it comes to our spiritual self. Only salvation through Jesus Christ can heal our blindness. This blind man was also a beggar. He sat out in front of the temple and he begged. I have good news for you, for all you beggars, since we're going to be like the blind man today. Salvation is not for sale. It's a gift. And down in verse 16, there's some reasoning and some logic that I want to talk about in the Pharisees' argument. The verse 16 says, Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. And so, so the Pharisees are basically saying this. This is their argument. All people from God keep the Sabbath. That was, that's what they shared. That you, you follow the Ten Commandments. We want you to follow them so good. We had all these, other, um, all these other laws, all these other rules that we set in place, uh, hundreds of them, to help you continue to keep the Ten Commandments. And, and, so, and, and in that was, you should rest on the Sabbath. Well, all people from God are going to keep the Sabbath. They went so far in the keeping the Sabbath, uh, and, and I'm going I'm to pick on this one because it's one of my favorites, that, that we should rest on the Sabbath. Okay? That's what God said. And they wanted to believe that, and they didn't want you to overdo it. And so from your house, you could walk a mile in any direction and put a post or a rock. And, and, and you could walk from your house to that post or that rock and back, and it wouldn't be considered work. Okay? It wouldn't be considered exerting yourself. It would still be considered resting. And so it was okay, because all people from God keep the Sabbath. And so if I want to keep the Sabbath, I can walk out to that rock, and I can walk back and still consider it resting. Now, if for some reason my house fell down on me, okay, on the Sabbath, <laughs> I love this law, this rule. <laughs> um, if you were a Jew, your friends could take the wall off of you. <laughs> yeah, if you were not, I couldn't exert myself to save a Samaritan or someone else that was not Jewish. So if your neighbor somehow was a Samaritan and a wall fell on him, it's, it's there, it's in there, it's in the rules. All right? They just have to lay there till the next day. <laughs> so the Pharisees are saying, all people from God keep the Sabbath. And it's clear through his actions Jesus didn't keep the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees would argue that he is not from God. But the actual conclusion is Jesus is God. 
You see? And, and so the, the concept of whether Jesus is not from God or not, or is from God, Jesus is God. He says, I am the light of the world. We're going to keep it simple here. This blind man knew he was blind. He received the light that was given to him. He believed and was saved. The Pharisees, however, did not admit their blindness to Christ. Even so, the light revealed their blindness. They couldn't get past. Jesus was saying to them, I am the light of the world. Check this out. We're all born blind of godly truth. I'm not saying we're all born into sin. We're all born blind of godly truth. You don't know it until someone tells it to you. That's why I think Family Sunday is an amazing thing because our kids are in our Sunday school classes, they're in these things, and they come in here and they're seeing and hearing the truth. They're seeing and worshiping the truth. And we don't see the light until the day when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're baptized for the forgiveness of our sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are naturally blind. We can only receive the light that, we, that will, will allow us to see. That light can only come from the Son of God. The Pharisees couldn't get past that. He's the only light source. And once you receive our Lord, your eyes will be open and you will finally be able to really see. I am the light of the world, he said. At his word, sightless eyes see. At his word, darkened souls are flooded with light. Oh, what about Adam and Eve? Yeah, the fall of man, the fall of Adam and Eve. Their sin was permitted and the blindness that followed was permitted so that the works of God might be manifest in opening the eyes of the blind. Christ alone would cure this blind man, this representative of a blind world. Because he came here to be the light of the world. Not only to give light, but to give sight. Remember John 8, verse 12? Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. But Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? In other words, the apostles are asking Jesus, who were the criminals in this situation? Something bad happened. This man or his parents, they take it for granted that this extraordinary situation, they think it's punishment for some uncommon wickedness, and that this man was a sinner above all the other men that lived in Jerusalem. That's what they thought. That's what they had been raised to thought to think as good Jewish people. And so they're asking whether this man was punished for some sin committed before he was even born. And Jesus gives the reason for this man's blindness. He says it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but he was born blind that the works of God might be displayed in him. So we come into this world, we're blinded to the truth of God's word because we don't see it. It hasn't been shared with us yet. So the works of God might be manifest in opening the eyes of the blind. Let me ask you this question. Are you doing your part Are you doing your part in sharing the light of the world to help open the eyes of the blind so that the works of God might be manifest in their life? I am the light of the world. I think John's trying to tell us something in these first 12 chapters of John. But here Jesus is telling us the world will fall on innocent, godly people. Nobody nobody sinned. This man wasn't born blind because of sin. But listen, sin is in the world. Bad things are going to happen. Our own sin, as well as the sins of others, will have sometimes a great impact on the lives of many innocent people. But it was that very first sin, that sin in the garden, that allowed disease and sickness and pain to flood into our world. And the important thing to remember is this. 
if we keep our focus on Jesus Christ, maintain faith in Him, stay in His Word, if you do, then you have His assurance that He will strengthen you and see you through any and all of these difficult times. If we keep our focus on the Lord, your eyes will be open to the truth and to the light of His Word. But Jesus is teaching us more here. Using His own spit, as gross as that is, He shows there is healing virtue in everything that belongs to Christ. And maybe I overthought it, but the clay that's made from His spit was much more than just a precious balm or an essential oil or anything else that can be picked up at the pharmacy or at earth fair to cure what ails you. Matter of fact, Genesis 2.7 says this, The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. You see that? Man was formed out of dust. And Jesus took dust and he made clay. And he molded the clay with his saliva and with his creation of the earth. And Christ uses that same material to give sight to this man. Brothers and sisters, we must come to Christ for the eye salve, if you will. Actually, I think we, we should call it heart salve. We've got to come to Jesus for that heart ointment that we need that's going to fix us. That's going to allow us to see. It's, it's good. That heart salve is Jesus Christ. If you're not coming to Him, you're going to stay thirsty. If you're not coming to Him, you're going to stay blind. You're going to live in a dark world. Jesus says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And this signifies the, the healing waters of baptism. In which, well, once you're baptized, you're told to go and do it again. The pool of scent, that's where he went to. Wash and have your sins forgiven and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Eyes open. And when Christ sent him to the pool of Siloam, he did in in effect send this man to himself because Christ is the healing balm for all of our souls. The blind man had faith in the Lord. He obeyed him and he went and he washed and he came back seeing And he didn't care what anybody else said about that situation. He came back seeing. It was the faith that this blind man had put in Jesus before he could ever see him that allowed his eyes to become open. I am the light of the world. This man had never seen Jesus before. And by the the time that he'd gained his sight, his physician was gone. How about that? And you go to the doctor, you're healed. No copay, no bill. The doctor's gone. The place closes up, but you are 100% as good as you're ever going to be. And then they asked him, where is he? And even though the blind man had never laid eyes on Jesus, he knew him, and he knew him very well. And so Christian, we're like the blind man in that even though we've never seen our Savior, Jesus Christ, If you're involved in his word, you will know him very well. And we will feel a sense of his presence in our life. As we come to our response time this morning, I want to ask you this. Are you blind? Is your sin continuing to separate you from Jesus Christ? If you are, are you ready to be introduced to the light of the world? 
Are you ready to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Come and meet your physician. Come with your spiritual blindness and allow the light of the world to illuminate your heart and to illuminate your life. How about you, Christian? You may not be blind. You're like, I did that. I'm not blind. I got a Bible. I got baptized. I got Jesus. I've seen the real light. I've seen it right. Let me ask you this question, though. What about your blind spots? You see, we all have blind spots. We don't like to talk about them. That's why we call them blind spots. What about your blind spots? I know, I'm meddling. Take it down a notch. Listen, we all have blind spots. We put those on, we, we go this direction, and, and we, oh, that doesn't matter. It's, I'll come back to that later. Or someone comes to us and brings to our attention, hey, you know the other day, da, 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 da. whoa, 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 why do you want to tell me about that? Well, because that's what's going to sharpen you. What about your blind spots? You think about your blind spots right now. And, and I'll tell you this, if you'd like for the elders to pray with you, about your blind spots, they're here. They'd love to do that. But whatever your response is this morning, will you stand and sing our response song and respond to the light of the word accordingly? I love Family Sunday. We get to hang out with our family. We get to celebrate things. We get to play music. We get to hear the word. And it's always great to be here with you guys this morning. But now it's time to go to win. And to commit to grow. And as you go this morning, remember this. This poor blind man couldn't see Christ. But Christ saw him. Christ saw this blind man as he passed by. It's a key word. He was going somewhere. And he passed by. He was busy. He had something else to do. And he passed by. But he saw this man as he passed him by. And he stopped to talk with him. He stopped to understand his need. And to do something good for this man who was born blind. So as we go, I want to challenge you this week to take every occasion to do good to others. Even as you're passing by. Even as you're headed to that next point on your daily map. As you're passing by, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we must remember that Jesus is the light of the world. And He is man's answer for all darkness. And we should be like little mirrors reflecting His light to others so brightly, no matter where we are or where we're going or what we're doing. Let's make sure that the people, especially in our community, no longer have an excuse for being blind to sin and not getting, seeing, and hearing that light. Will you sing this last song with us?